Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've got into one of the more challenging arguments with my wife that we've had in the last year, two days ago, right? Like she and I just, our triggers, our emotional wounds just rammed right into each other. And it took us, you know, 24 hours to really repair. So it's not like there's any form of perfection here. It's just like, we could kind of see that like, oh, those are our hurts coming at each other. And it's like, oh, this is great. It's just unearthed something that's unresolved for me. So that gives me an opportunity to like, oh, wow, this is a pointer to my work. So instead of like, oh, gosh, I'm bad. I really hurt her and I did all these horrible things. I'm like, oh, wow, gosh, I didn't realize that that's how I'm showing up. Boy, that's a gift. Like, I, that's something I get to go look at and, and work through. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazdeh. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen. The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazdeh. And boy, do we have a special. This is, this, is a, this is a monumental moment in The Greatness Machine's history. You, Doug Irwin, are officially the first repeat guest on the show. Welcome to the show, Doug Irwin. Oh, wow. I feel really special, Darius. It's, it's so good to see you. I'm really happy to be back. So um, for those of you that are new to the show... Um, the greatest machine is really about two things. It's about, it's about people who are living their passions to create greatness in the world. And today's going to be a really special episode. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to ask Doug here was last time, if you look, he, it, as I said, he's a repeat guest. And Doug was actually one of the first people when we started this as a live stream. And, and we ended up putting the show out as a long form podcast. But I was going back and I was like, man, I would really love to bring back some, some of my like, best guests. And Doug was top of the list. It was, it was like a no-brainer for me. I was like, oh, I'm bringing back the Doug. And, and I don't call Doug Doug. I call him the Dugger. So I'm bringing back the Dugger. Let me just say this. Doug and I are in a CEO group. We've been in the same CEO group for 16 years. 
We've grown up a lot together in, in our business life. He has a great podcast. We'll be talking about that in a second. But um, one of the things that we talk a lot about is just like this, this ability to have self-love and, and to take care of yourself and to like put yourself, like your mental health first. And we've been through this journey together as, as both friends and colleagues, you know, really leveling up. And, and one of the reasons I wanted you here today, because I, I think you have a really great story to tell around how people can really take care of themselves first to level up as human beings. And I've seen you on this amazing journey and, and I'm really excited to, sh- to share that with, with our guests today. So, or excuse me, with our, yeah, with our guests, you're our guest with our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so man. Well, I'm just really honored, Darius. I mean, it's been such a beautiful journey to, to, to go through life with you for all these 16 years. And, you know, it was just coming back to Austin, seeing the world through your eyes and then, you know, just the depth at which, we get to share is just really um, remarkable. I, you know, it's just a real pleasure to be in relationship with you and to to stand alongside you as you've stood along me on all these years. So I, I'm just really honored to be here. Uh, well, thank you, man, and 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 honestly, the honor's mine as well. Um, so I want to give a little bit of your formal background. So for those of you that have not um, listened to Pastor, by the way, you should listen to our Pastor because it's really funny. Um, it, it, Doug and I, we 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 vibe together. Uh, and, 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 and that's evident in that show. But, um, so right now Doug's, Doug serves as the senior vice president of entrepreneurial development at Edon. So basically what that means in English is that he's in charge of making sure that, uh, the, the state of, of Nevada and the, the city of Reno has a thriving economic and entrepreneurial environment. And he's really built that environment up. I mean, they have a Tesla gigafactory there. There's so many cool things happening and, and, you've really been like involved in building that ecosystem in Northern Nevada, which is really cool. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, that didn't come by like happenstance. You didn't happen to like just stumble into like helping build an economic and entrepreneurial ecosystem. Doug actually founded six companies by himself uh, with partners, including e-commerce, software development, a medical diagnostic company where they basically built sperm counters. <laughs> super fun. And, uh, yeah. What's that? It was super fun. I love that that business you know just from uh, all the conversations we had and all the people and was, that was fun. I, my favorite story with that and we'll go there in a second is when the uh japanese scientists uh, had the exploding a uh, sperm counter so yeah. um <laughs> I, I was me but good for them you know that was a, <laughs> not not good if that's your business funny story to tell two decades later um but you know i will say that you're also a coach and you're doing some coaching for some amazing amazing people. Uh, Doug's an amazing coach. I, although we are not formally engaged in a coaching relationship, Doug coaches me all the time. So I, I, I lean on him. Um, when, I'm, when, I'm, uh, in, in, when I'm in a vulnerable state, um, you will easily get me to admit that Doug is one of my spirit animals. So, uh, so yeah, man, it's so good to have you here, brother. And, uh, and, and most importantly out of all this, he is an amazing father, husband, and family man. Uh, he's a avid Hot Spring Finder. Uh, that's where the Nikki, Naked Hippie uh, comments came in on the last episode. But man, just really glad to have you here, man. Yeah, I, gosh, Darius, I wish you would introduce me everywhere I went. I, I feel like uh, that would be that would really change everything for me. <laughs> well, and you've been there for me too, man. I mean, I got to tell you, the, the feelings mutual. I really it warms my heart. I mean, you, during Christmas break, like you and I had this like really powerful conversation, it really helped me as well. So it's the, the feelings mutual. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm excited. 
Yeah, hey, listen, listeners, if you just want to like kick back, get some popcorn, we're just going to love on each other, me and Duggar. We tell each other how much we like each other what? for the next 45 minutes. It might get a little boring on your seat, but I don't give a shit. I'm just going to let my ego get fed, and I'm sure he'll, he doesn't mind. And uh, yeah, you can come back in 35, and we'll you know give you some links so we can find him. Um. <laughs> well, actually, this is important, right? I mean, you know, like being able to, like we had this really powerful conversation around what does it really mean to accept a compliment, right? Like how often... Do you, does someone say, "Hey, you know, you're, you know, I really appreciate this about you or this thing," and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah," and I appreciate about that in you also. Mm-hmm. Instead of like really taking a moment and saying, "You know, wow, that really feels good," and to me, it's like, you know, someone is giving you a compliment; they're giving you this gift, and you can choose to accept it. And actually, even I would say, take a step further. You can kind of see me. I always take it and try to push it into my heart. As just like, you know, they're, they're giving this gift to me. I don't want to take that away from them. And then also to really take that moment and savor that. Because I think it, um, I think it's too often we, we don't feel like we deserve it for, for whatever reason, or we're too quick to, to kind of re- respond back. So I think giving each other a lot of love is probably good, but probably would get boring for your listeners eventually. Yeah, we're, it was seven minutes, 18 seconds in, like a minute 44 of these guys just telling each other how awesome they are. We, we might have a few of our listeners check out. Um, <laughs> like, man, those guys are really good at giving each other compliments. Um, it's funny you said that though, because like I even think of myself and I'm like, oh man, like someone gives me a compliment. Like first thing I do is I'm like, I get a little embarrassed, right? Which I, I don't get embarrassed about very, very few things. I Although you were... I can count on one hand how many times I've been embarrassed in my life, and you were present for one of them. Was I, was I responsible for it? Hopefully, not. No, 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 no. So, 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 let me just say this: So, Doug and I, we've been on this entrepreneurial journey together. We're, we're in the same CEO forum, been for sixteen years, and in 2012, I decided to do a TEDx event in San Francisco, and in 2000, I think it was 15, 14, and 15. You did TEDx Reno. Yeah. So for a listener, that's like, what does that even mean? It's basically a community organized TED event. And so part of doing that is you have to actually go to the TED conference, right? And you have to go to the TED conference in order to get a higher level like license or whatever so you can have bigger events. And TEDx Reno is a really big event. It was a beautiful event that, that uh, Doug put on with other volunteers. And, uh, and so we, we're up in Vancouver for the TED in Whistler, actually, where they have this event called TED Active. So I'm going to wholeheartedly admit to our listeners right now, the one time I got embarrassed out of like, I'm telling you, I can't even count. I don't remember how many times I've been embarrassed in my life, because there's not that many. Um, but it's a low number. It's like single digits. And it's less than I can count on my hand. And I can only think of one right now. And Doug was sitting right when it happened. So we're there. And they do this thing where the, where the participants in the conference get to go on stage. And they have to talk about a scar they have on their body. Right? And um, do you remember this? I do remember it now that you bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> so I somehow get the bright idea, which I'm, I, I know I have not done this yet. It's on my list. On my bucket list is to do stand-up comedy. And I haven't done it, which I don't know why, because I'd probably be okay at it. Okay is the key word. Because um, I do have a tendency to hit or miss, which I think a lot of comics do. Um, but I bomb hard when I bomb. And this is a bomb that happened. So I said, I'm, hey, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to pretend. Like I am like, do you guys remember the John Wayne Bobbitt story? Now, some listeners are like, have no idea what I'm talking about, but it's a dude whose wife basically cut his penis off um, when he was sleeping for cheating on her. And I said, I'm going to go tell a story of a scar on my body. I'm going to make pretend like what happened to me is what happened to like John Wayne Bobbitt. <laughs> do you remember this? Totally. <laughs> so this is in front of like a thousand people who I don't know. 
And so I get on stage and I get the mic and I start telling this like story about this guy. Oh, it's one time I'm laying in bed and, and, and it's windy night, hot summer, and I have a sheet on me and I wake up and my girlfriend's standing there with a serrated knife. <laughs> and, and then I like look up at the crowd and they're like horrified. <laughs> They're absolutely fucking horrified. And then I say, oh, I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> and, and it was crickets. Like 1,000 people looking at me like not knowing whether to shoot me or like hate me or I don't know what they thought. But I was like, exit stage left. <laughs> next presenter, please. <laughs> so I don't know if you remember this, but the next presenter is this dude that comes up. <laughs> and he, he's like, like, it's like shaking and he like un- buttons his shirt and it shows all these scars on his body that his mother like cut on him when he was like an infant to save his life and like she's like sucked the poison out of in his body out of his body and saved his life when he was an infant and he gets like a standing ovation <laughs> and i'm sitting next to doug and i'm like hey do you think they're gonna forget what i just said <laughs> and you're like hope you said something like hopefully <laughs> You know, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Oh my gosh, what an what an experience! What an experience! Uh, That's just—it's just fun going through things with you, man. You, you're just—you just—you know—it was just the wrong crowd for that. It was the wrong crowd, and I'm 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 the king of like not knowing my audience all the time. But you know, it's funny. Sometimes you just gotta take risks. Totally. <laughs> Well, as long as you're not, you know, like you, you took a risk, you failed, but you know what? It didn't stop you from going back up and, and doing that. And, you know, like you, you, you learn from that. You bounce back. Yeah. I learned that when you're around a bunch of like nerds at Ted, don't make jokes about your penis getting cut off in public. <laughs> like, like that, like, I don't know when I'll get to use that in learning again. I think the learning is know thy audience, right? My audience right now is my, like, Hey dude, like my kid's listening. And like, why did you just say any of that? But Hey. Everyone that listens to this show knows that don't listen to it with your kid in the car. Um, they're going to learn stuff they probably don't need to learn quite yet. Um, it's okay. This is this is a good way of softening up the crowd for us to talk about the real stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with the ultimate ridiculousness and then move to the, the higher level. Uh, the two spectrums of Darius's life. Um, but, you know, like one of the reasons I wanted you on here is, like I said earlier, is, you know, you've been on this like really crazy journey that I've seen from an entrepreneurial standpoint to getting into Edon, the, the most, I think, and those are cool. And, and, and I th- those make you a great human and they're, they're exciting for some folks. But for me, the reason I wanted you to come on, I wanted you to the listeners to, to kind of learn from your story is, man, I've seen you like blossom as a human being level up in a way that's like, man, it's kind of exhilarating to watch someone do that. And what I'd love, to, uh, what the, the, the biggest thing is around this idea of loving on yourself and like putting your, like p- taking care of yourself as a human being. Cause I find like as an overachiever and like we end up doing these things where we start and taking, you know, getting on stage and getting bombed on is me trying to be, I'm trying to win over a crowd. Right. Yeah. And, and th- that's me feeding this hungry ghost in me that wants to be loved on. Right. You know, that, that, and, and, and it didn't get its love that moment. That's for sure. But I'd love, I'd love to talk a little bit about your journey in, in how you 
went and tried all these things and inevitably you found your, your this spot in your life where now you're really leveling up, I guess, from a spiritual level. Yeah. I meant it when I said it, that, that you're my, one of my spirit animals. It's because I want to be more like you from a spiritual perspective. So do you mind maybe talking a little bit about like your journey and how you've gotten to, you know, where you're at right now? Yeah, totally. No, I appreciate, I appreciate the, the prompt. You know, um, I think it really started, actually, we were talking about the medical device company. For me, Really, my journey to spirituality really started in 2009. Um, at, you know, I was running Priya, uh, the medical device company we were talking about at the time, and it was failing. You know, I was in the business with my brother. Um, we had to lay off most of our staff. Like, I had taken, I'd raised about $10 million, and it was not clear how we were going to, you know, return much of that money. I mean, ultimately we got it sold, but during that whole time, like everything started to fall apart, you know, and I, I fell into, um, bad habits of like drinking and strip clubs. And, you know, I wasn't really a big drug user, but like there was, like, I was definitely getting myself out into places that were really not great for me. And it was really around, um, trying to soothe all this discomfort. And I, you know, I went to Belize with my then girlfriend, um, actually, no, I guess it was my wife at that point. And, um, you know, I'd almost lost her through this whole process, you know, and I went to Belize and on, in the airport in San Francisco, I picked up this little tiny book called the secrets of happiness. And so I go to Belize and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really in a bad spot and I'm flipping through this book and I'm, it basically outlined all the different major philosophies of life. And I flipped through it and I was never religious. And I just, for whatever reason, i flipped to the page around Buddhism and I'm like, I'm going to learn about this. And that was really where it started at the lowest point of my life. Like almost lost my wife. My business was failing. My brother and I were estranged and I'm like, something's got to give like, this is not working for me. And so that's when it really started. Now it's taken, you know, the, the journey since then has been circuitous and long and lots of other things have happened, but that was really the origin of it, which was when, when, as you would say, when your face gets ripped off, it's when I started to look for a new way of being. And, you know, I didn't even totally like get deep into Buddhism. I just started like, I'm going to start meditating. And that's really, you know, that was the beginning of that for me was on this, you know, uh, starting that spiritual journey. Um, you know, if I come from a family, my grandfather was a Presbyterian minister. My father was a Presbyterian minister who left the church. So like, I, I, I grew up in a little bit of a religious tradition, but that's never been my thing, really. Um, and so just to kind of explore this new way of being was, was very different for me. It's interesting um, because, you know, if you look, if you think back to 40, 50 years ago, right? Like that, that idea of faith probably, it, it mirrors a lot of what you, you know, solves for a lot of the things you're probably looking for now. Totally. Right? And it was much more of an available resource. Like, and it's not that it's, it's not, it's not that it's not available right now for our more, you know, religious listeners, which are probably are far and few between, um, but um, maybe it was more accepted as like, that's, that's a more like, I don't accept that as an answer. Cause I think it, that there's too much dogma around, yeah, me too. you know, like being a Presbyterian minister, you know, but I firmly believe in God and the power of God and the mysteries of the world. Right. Yeah. And so it's interesting that, that you probably, there's probably something there that you're, 
your father and your grandfather were looking for that they found through the, that was their avenue of, of solving for those issues but you you've kind of picked a much different route because i consider you probably one of the more spiritual people i know um and so i think it's interesting that that was your solution was this more buddhism this route towards more buddhist i guess yeah, I, would I, you I, consider yourself buddhist i consider myself a freelance mystic to be honest with you. So, and let's define, you know, in my mind, a mystic is someone who seeks direct experience with the divine. And so I consider myself a freelance, freelance mystic because I, my, you know, my spiritual identity, I guess, or connection really has been informed by Buddhism, uh, Aveda Vedanta, Hinduism, and what I would call like, you know, shamanism and a little bit of like native tradition. So you kind of throw all these together. Plus, obviously, we live in a Christian nation. And I think if you really get to the essence of what Christianity teaches, it's also beautiful. Again, I had a, lot, a fair bit of aversion to the structure of the church that could be great for other people. That was never a thing for me. So unfortunately, for a long time, I, I would say I threw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to Christianity. I mean, if you look at Christ, he was a rebel and there's a lot of beautiful things to be learned there. I just, you know, I've kind of come to my own spirituality more through the kind of Eastern wisdom traditions. So really about self-exploration, self-discovery, direct, and like seeking more direct experience with, with the divine in various ways. I mean, meditation being probably the, the, the primary one, but definitely not the only one by. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius Mishazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now, and let me tell you, They've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life. From canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. 
This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now. And let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear, uses directed. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What, so so let me ask you a question about this, because I think a lot of listeners might be hearing us talk right now, and they're like, oh, these guys are talking about a bunch of bullshit that I'm not into. Um, and, and I'm going to say this, because I was, I used to joke, and Doug knows this, I used to joke, there's two things in the world I hate, meditation and hiking. Um, and I still hate hiking, um, <laughs> which, which maybe I don't because I actually like meditation. I like love meditation. Now, um, Doug actually turned me on to meditation through waking up app, Sam Harris app, which, which has been monopolizing about an hour of every one of my mornings uh, for the past couple of weeks. But, um, so, so for you, when you, you know, read this book and got kind of turned on to meditation and buddhism was it like man my life's not going the way i want it to go what what was the, like your first step yeah i mean i just realized that i needed some life philosophy like i i felt like i didn't have like an ethical and moral framework or and i really didn't even seek a religious structure to do so i where i really got interested i mean it, i remember in the when everything was going poorly with career was falling apart um, standing in front of the mirror and like two hours went by and wow. I just was in conversation with myself, my brother, I was arguing. And so for me, the thing that was really fascinating about Buddhism was it was like, I think it, it was sort of the Buddhism's like one of the first psychologies. Like it really was a way of relating to your mind and your experience in a different way. So I, I wasn't really interested in, you know, the framework of, you know, the Buddhist religion as much as like, here are some tools it can help you relate to your mind. And I remember the first time that I recognized being mindful. I was in Singapore and I was having to argue with my business partner. And all of a sudden, I, I like noticed I was aware of being aware. And it was almost like that scene in like um, The Matrix where he like steps back and all of a sudden he can just move everything. So for me, it was a very visceral. I mean, I remember it very clearly. I was having this conversation. And I've started to get really elevated and I stepped back and I'm like, wow, I'm getting really angry right now. And I was able to change my relationship to it. And that was enough to get me hooked. I'm like, oh, wow, if I can do that, then there's all these other things that I might be able to do. Of course, starting with meditation, hoping you're going to get something out of it is a pretty common thing. Ultimately, you know, as you get more involved in it, you know, what, how it affects you is, is different. I mean, I, but I do think ultimately, you know, it's about, changing your relationship to your mind and the world around you. And it's really powerful once you develop 
that ability and see which is which is inside all of us yeah it's 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 well and if you think like man i'm I'm gonna sound like sam harris right now it's like it's like who's watching the watcher (laughs) (laughs) you know there's some people like what the fuck is that guy talking about but it's like every experience is and like that's all you have and 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 what i'm you know i'm kind of at a point right now where i'm watching the watcher a lot and i'm like to your point like and this is taken i start i didn't start meditating until it was uh, what, three years a little over three years ago i'm four and i just turned 44 last week so 41 again like my quote was I, there's two things in this world i hate meditation and hiking and it changed three years ago with one of them um but what i found was i was bad at it at first which is a funny statement to make about meditation but um in, in that i would sit there and just like zone like just have play the tape right i'd I'd lay there and i'd breathe in a few times and then i'd start thinking about all the shit i need to do and how i want to grow my business and how what 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 i need to do more with my kids and i was just sitting there like thinking about everything while i'm laying there and and that's how i started meditation and and now i've gotten to the point where if i do any of that i i I stop myself and recenter and and get present right and yeah and and I'm and I've just now turned that corner after three years where I can actually practice that the second part of the practice, which is not even just laying there thinking about all my shit, yeah. but actually like watching myself try to be more present. Like what do you like what how do you, how, how how was your journey with that as far as from a meditative standpoint? I'm with you. It took me a long time. And I, I I'm with you. I credit Sam Harris. I mean, the one thing that has been the easiest to to stay consistent with because i mean i think meditation is a practice people some often like oh i don't feel good i'm gonna go meditate well that's great but i think ultimately you know the practice is breaking out of the illusion of your ego or your mind and coming back to you know this foundational consciousness so like the practice is doing that repeatedly so that when you go out into the world you have that capability i mean a couple of the things that come up for me really is this idea of cultivating curiosity. Like as soon as I started to get that glimpse, I got became really curious. And now I'm just kind of funny. I'm like, wow, look at what I'm doing. Like these things are happening. Like I'm not necessarily doing it. It's just sort of happening. And I'm watching it with that curiosity, which, which was, again, it kept me connected to it. Just noticing all the ways that I show up and patterns. And this sort of led me to this other place that I, th- I think we, you know, we want to talk about is I just started realizing how um, critical I was of myself and how much self-aggression I had towards myself in, in, in obvious and subtle ways. And I just started to realize like, hey, this, is, this has been with me for a long time, all this criticism. Like, what if I, what if I tried something different? Like, what if I really tried to be self-compassionate? What would that look like? And, you know, that, that led me on a wholly different journey. And, you know, that's been, that's been beautiful. And again, it like you, I'm sure with your experience of meditation, it's not like, like instantaneous, it's sort of subtle and it evolves. And, you know, you, all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, wow, things are really different. I don't, I can't really point to one thing, but I can, I know that something is very different. Well, it's super subtle and it's really slow. Um, but it's, to your point, I did it as a reason because I was feeling bad and I was, I was having anxiety. I was like, man, I need, I need to calm down. And one of our f- mutual friends, Anton Haramis, was like, dude, why don't you meditate? I'm like, I fucking hate meditation, man. He's like, just, dude, listen, just, just take 10 minutes and meditate in your car. I was in my car. Like, my kid was at like improv class. Yeah. And I did it and I felt, you know, it felt better. Yeah. Calm me down. 
that was you know I did it. I mean, I I did it kicking and screaming, and then and then it evolved, and now and I'm just and I got stuck for I I didn't meditate much last year, but I picked it up again this year a lot because of mm-hmm. practice. And again, I love the Sam Harris waking up, uh, t- you know, ten or twenty minutes a day, and he. I yeah. just think the way he's a neuroscientist, the way he thinks about it, like, is helpful. You know, yeah. for me, I'm very logic brain. But yeah. you know, let's talk about this this idea of like self aggression because I I think that like what did it mean like first of all some people i think that we are all really great honest liars to mm. ourselves yeah and for me the moment i realized i was there was a lot of self-aggression in my life was when i realized i had lied to myself in that i had i had sold myself on the story that i love i'm so loving to myself mm. and this was the story that i had somehow convinced myself of that no i'm i'm you know, i love my i and i do love myself in a lot of ways right like like I'm 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 Darius's biggest fan, right? So that was the story I told myself. Dude, Darius is the fucking best. He's the man. I love him. And then, and and, and behind that, I'm like, but you better fucking win. You yeah. better get to work, motherfucker. You better fucking. You better not disappoint me. Me being me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 there was these dual tracks running, and I didn't realize. And I was always like, oh yeah, that's how I motivate myself. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then I real, and, and then I had this awakening where I was like, "Whoa, that's self aggression." Yeah, and I'm and, and I'm not. A, yeah, I do. I am my biggest fan at the expense of me being my biggest critic. Yeah, and I was like, "Whoa!" And it was a it was a it was a thing that just I caught myself doing, and and like it was like to your point, the Matrix. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, and, and that was a turning point for me. It took me, you know, this is year a couple years ago, but so I'd love to hear like your story and then how to, what have you done to kind of like work with that? Because I, I, I know obviously, but I, I, I think that you've yeah. done such an amazing job of, you know, clearing this achievement gap and like loving on, you know, not being your harshest critic, but actually like taking the time to have an awareness around it and, and leveling up. And I'd say that I see, seen you level up so much. This is specifically what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the reflection. I mean, I think part of it is, when you start to see things like that, you can't unsee them, right? I mean, I, I've had a couple experiences. I was at Esalen and I was in the tubs and, you know, I had a little, I was smoked a little bit of cannabis and I'd had had some other journey experiences. But in that, in that moment, like all of a sudden I just heard like, you've been neglecting your wife. And I, and it was so true and it was so real for me that I couldn't deny it. And I didn't even know what was going on. Like every time I closed my mind, closed my eyes, I would see kind of this thing going on. And I ended up sitting in the hot tub with a woman who was a healer. I wish I knew her name. She really had such a beautiful impact in my life. And for like three or four hours, she sat with me. And we talked about that. We talked about, you know, how I was relating to my younger son. I was really getting upset with him being so emotional. I learned in that moment that that was unresolved issues with my mom and I that I was playing out on my son. And then I had this mentor in my life who was, you know, is a, is a good human, but he was the wrong mentor for me. And he was sort of like my kryptonite. And the next day I woke up and I, it was like I'd lifted 10,000 pounds from my back. Like it just was shocking how these huge realizations came through in that moment. But then I had to get to work, right? And then it, what, I, what I really realized there, there's this old, there's this parable or proverb whatever about the two fish in the water. Have you ever heard this one? We talked about this one. Um. I think so, but remind me. So the one fish turns to the other fish and says, the water's cold today. And the other fish goes, what's water? Like (laughs) for me, that moment, 
at, at Esalon was recognizing the water. Like I was there all of a sudden, like this has all been around me and I had no idea that it was playing out, but now all of a sudden here it is. And, you know, it was like, I used to describe it as like, you find a little thread on your shirt and you start to pull it, but all of a sudden I pulled it and I was naked. Like, wow, there was so much going on. And so that, but again, that curiosity, I had to really accept, gosh, I had been neglecting my wife for all of these years. And so I, you know, I got out of that, like on the way home from that experience, I called her and I said, you know, I think I've been neglecting you for all these years. And she, you know, she wept. It was true. And that began like a three-year journey of the two of us really healing and repairing our relationship and really developing a new sense of trust and, you know, cleaning up our, our wounds. I mean, that was a huge day for me um, for a variety of reasons. That, like, that was one of the days that I just decided, hey, like, there's a bunch of things that are unresolved in my life with my mother and my father and my sons and my wife. And I'm going to just turn towards it instead of doing what I have normally done, which is turning away from it. And I think that was a, I think that's a big part of it. It's like, what are the things that are unresolved in your life? And just make, deciding to turn towards it instead of moving away from it was huge. I mean, it was scary and it was uncomfortable and it was challenging, but my, you know, my life up to that point had been, I'd been really good at avoiding discomfort. And so like, it was a big shift to turn into the discomfort. And on the other side of it is, it has been real freedom and relief for me. Yeah, I, th I think that, that there's something. First of all, I appreciate you sharing your story because it, it is, I, I know some of the story already. But it, but it's you know it's, it takes a lot of vulnerability to to do this. Obviously, in a public setting, there's going to be you know potentially tens of thousands of people hearing this. Um, but um, I guess first things first. Did you use like therapy as a way to to as a tool to try to or through this stuff, because I think yeah. like a lot of people might be listening and be like, A, if they're not self-aware enough, they may not realize that hopefully they're not doing it, but I think we all do it. I think at a young age, we're taught, hey, that hurts, ignore it or build around it or hide it or bury it or whatever it is you got to do so that it doesn't affect you, right? Yeah. And, and and we all have different things that we've had to work through in our lives. So for me, like very similar to yourself, like there was and I'm still, you know, working on it a lot right now, but I figured out, oh man, if I just don't feel it, if I just like, don't think about that bad thing, then I don't have to deal with it. And, and I'll just go focus on the things I can control and the things that I can make me feel good with like winning. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm gonna go win. I'm gonna go win in sports. I'm gonna go win in school. I'm gonna go win with, you know, friends. I'm gonna go win in business. And, and what I found was interesting is that works really well until it doesn't. Until it doesn't, um, yeah. Because because the winning part feels fucking good. I mean, I, I still like the win. Sure. You know? But I mean, um, but I had this this incident. Uh, my first time I realized that 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 was a, a trap. That was a problem. Was when my first business failed, and I went from really winning a lot to losing and feeling worthless. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, people are not adoring me and telling me how great I am. And am I, maybe I was a one hit wonder. I started feeling like vanilla ice for a second. No offense, uh, vanilla. We're not, we're not close anymore, but you know, <laughs> um, but I did, I felt like a one hit wonder and then, like, and then, and then I did the, the, the natural thing, which is I busted out the flog and started like whipping myself and be yeah. like, you better go win again, D. Go fucking win. Prove all those naysayers wrong that deserted you when you lost. And then I did. And then I won again, bigger than ever. And But I learned that time where I was like, all right, 
I can't tie my identity to winning because yeah. I, I know it's inevitable that I'm not going to win again. But I also didn't have the solution to like un, unwind it. I just knew that, 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 that that's not a solution. Hey gang, Darius Mishaza here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. So listen, I know we have a lot of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners out there that listen to the show. And right now, if you're one of those folks and you're doing, let's call it a bare minimum of seven figures and above in your business, then what I'd like to do is give you an offer right now. How would you like to get your hands on the frameworks that I actually used to scale my last company, which started off as a small little seven-figure company to over $100 million in annual revenue. And I did it in less than two years and I did it without costly growing pains and without the headaches that, that you usually experience when you are scaling your business. So if you're one of those folks and you're trying to grow your company, but you're, you're finding yourself stuck in that day-to-day, if you're one of the listeners and you're getting grinded, this is your respite from getting grinded on your business, you're listening to our show and you're dealing with the breakdowns, you're dealing with inefficiencies, and you know, you've got that firefighter suit on and all the problems lining on your desk and you're, you're not doing the work you're supposed to be doing, which is working on the business instead of in it, then what I'm about to talk to you about for the next call 60 seconds, this is precisely for you. Real quickly though, if you don't already know this about me, prior to starting The Greatness Machine, I spent 20 years of my life as a founder and CEO of real world companies. And during that time, I actually grew my companies to over $1.2 billion with a B in bootstrap revenue. In fact, uh, we scaled our, my last company from 30 to 1,000 employees, and we did it in just 36 months. And we did it all by using a three-step framework that I call my scale map method. So that, of course, brings us to the purpose of this here mid-roll ad. Yes, this is what the podcast producers call these things. Recently, I created a 30-minute training. And what it does is it walks you step-by-step through all of my scale map method frameworks. And you can watch it right now for free when you go to DariusScale.com. That's my first name, Darius. Scale, S-C-A-L-E.com. And what these frameworks do is they fix... They simplify and they streamline every single aspect of your business. And they do it without the need for complicated scaling systems that are typically way too difficult and way too time consuming for a busy CEO like you and from my, like myself was to implement. So if you want a simple and you want a proven path to remove yourself from the day-to-day operations, just like I did, so that you can do what you're supposed to be doing, which is leading your company to record growth without the headaches and without the growing pains, go to DariusScale.com. That's www.DariusScale.com. Watch the short video and I'll see you guys on the inside. Now, back to the show. So like for you, it's like, you know, what did you do to start untangling that? Because obviously sure. you had this epiphany, but like, what does someone do when they have that epiphany? That's like, oh, I have not been like, you know, giving my wife the attention she needs, or I haven't been loving on myself, or I've been flogging myself. What What do you do with that information? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, you know, I I like sat down one day and said, like, I've seen a lot of personal development change. I've gotten all this feedback that I've changed. Like, what what like what are the things? that I, you know that really put all this together and so i kind of look at it as there's like four categories of things that really if you don't have to have them all at the same time but you know that they're all have a different impact so one of the first things i thought about is like our forum right like we have a peer group of people that are trusted that know you authentically and that's been amazing right i mean people go through life and to have people mirror back and reflect so having 
a group of people that are really close and pure, but it's also limited, right? Like not everybody has expertise. So like, you know, you get your mirror back, but you, you know, you're, they're not necessarily trained. So for me, having a peer support group was really powerful. Um, then of course, therapy, like some of the things that were unearthed, like, you know, when I realized that I had unresolved issues with my mother, like that seems like a good thing to go talk to a therapist about. So I've tried lots of different therapy. You know, I've a good friend of mine's a cognitive behavioral therapist. He largely helped me overcome guilt and shame in a road trip one time. And I've gone through some other professional therapy, different modalities over the years. Um, and I, I'm a huge fan of it. I think this is one of the the big challenges of our of our country is like people like think that going to therapy means you're bad or problematic. I think it's great. I think learning about yourself is great. But anyway, so kind of peer support therapy where needed, um, real self-directed practices. So we talk about this in, in our form, getting your meds right. Meds standing for meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. But what are the things that you're doing every day? And so for me, you know, depending on the situation, I've journaled, I do a lot of meditation. I'm a huge fan of isolation tank floating, which is just another form of, of meditation, really. Um, you know, getting, you know, my sleep in order, a lot of those things, you know, I love this aura ring. I sleep really well, but again, that kind of falls into that third category of what are the things you're self-directed. And then the fourth one, which honestly, probably, you know, just about the timing and everything was coaching. So working with coach Robert really changed my life. I mean, honestly, you know, I was working with coach Robert while, um, in form and doing therapy. And it was like, and all my self-directed practices. And it was like a lot, but it was really together. Those things were really changing the, uh, changing my experience. But I do think, you know, if I was to say one thing, meditation was foundational because you don't have mindfulness, then it's hard to really, you know, kind of self to really see what's going on sometimes. So like to being able to be real self-aware was a huge part of that. But anyway, the four things that I really broadly worked on was coaching, uh, peer support, therapy, and then self-directed practices like meditation. And with all of that, I felt powerful to tackle anything, right? Like things aren't going well with my wife. No problem. I know I've got these different resources to do so. And I think actually, you know, I credit Robert for this in many ways. Like I was on this spiritual journey and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go find self-actualization and it's going to be in some book or some retreat or something. And one day he turned to me and he said, your wife's your spiritual practice. And it like, again, it's like that two fish in the water thing. Like I couldn't unsee it when I saw it. And it totally reframed it for me. And that was, that was a really, I mean, that one conversation really made such a huge difference in my relationship with my wife. And it so was, what, what, yeah. What, what, what do you think he meant by that though? Like, like why, why would she be your spiritual practice? Well, because like she's I, like, an anchor for that? Well, I think that I was looking for something outside of myself. It was some like, you know, I think a lot of times people go down this spiritual path and they want to like transcend the form, right? And his point was like, no, dude, it's like right in front of you. And the work is with her. And, you know, of course the work was with me also. But, you know, we're talking a lot about loving. What I realized is like I had a bunch of ideas about who I thought she was supposed to be. Right. And the big shift for me was really just 
loving her for exactly who she is. And, you know, my wife, you've known her. She's loud. She's beautiful. She's boisterous. But she was loud, right? Like, and, and I had this experience in my own life where as a little kid, my aunt was loud and it would freak me out. And so I was carrying around this idea that she shouldn't be loud. And one day, like, again, her being my spiritual practice is like, oh, she's just loud. Like, and that's totally fine. And I think, honestly, that was the day that I ultimately realized that I just loved her for exactly who she is. Which to me, you know, it was really, it was easy, it, you know, it wasn't easy, but it, it was easy to see that in her. But I also think that's the same thing we need to do for ourselves. Like, how do we love ourselves for exactly who we are without exception? Like, at, as soon as I did that for my wife, everything changed. And as soon as I started to do that for myself, everything started to change. You know, to really accept who we are fully. Even the parts that we would otherwise uh, consider less desirable or bad. I think that's, I, I can't understate like how important it is that we truly love all parts of ourselves. Seems such, it, it seems simple to say, but it's obviously pretty hard to do sometimes. And, and so do you feel like <clears throat> having, like, it's funny when we were talking about my, my, number one, like, that's amazing. And, and, and that you, that you've come to that conclusion and i think a lot of people say say stuff like this it actually drives me crazy when people post shit like this on social media i'm yeah. like dude like like mother's day just happened and, and there were so many people posting stuff like that and i was like oh, like my wife would shoot me if i posted you you posted some cool stuff about Binmin, but but um my, my wife would kill me because she's not she's not on social <laughs> she's yeah. like don't talk about me <laughs> um but um i feel like we, we we live in a world where people you know they want to brag on social about everything in life. And it's this exterior, like they want this, this validation from the world and their behavior, you know? Um, and, and this is the opposite. Like, this is actually like, like it's all internal validation, but from, from the right mindset, having the mindset that like, Hey man, like you are good enough and you you are doing a great job and, you know, not having to like win to like feel better. So when you, when you start thinking about, these realizations and this journey you've gone on, because I feel like it's really leveled you up as a, from a, a perspective of a your own life and b your ability to help others through coaching, through your podcast, and we can talk about that in a second. But um, as opposed to this this other role, which is you know, well, I got to win in business and win as an entrepreneur, and I need outside validation. And you know, we we're talking about this earlier before we got on the show, which is this this you know achievers, you know you know what's it called the achievement gap right or with the achievement know, fallacy or something like that or the achievement, the achievement fallacy yeah right this thing where it's like when i when trap. i win yeah. yeah the achievement trap right so when i win i then one once i get this then i will feel that right and i feel like mm-hmm. that's the achievement trap which is we we get and then we need to go get more because we cross shit off our list and, and it's it's and this is this kind of flips that inside out and says well, great. Like you can go and achieve for the sake of, you know, whatever it is that you want to achieve for. But if you don't love yourself in the process and like take care of, you know, those around you and accept people for who they are. And then you're constantly like, there's almost like a compare and despair situation that happens. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think as long as you're looking for anything external to validate yourself, you're, you know, you're building a home on a shaky foundation. 
right? Like having self-direct, you know, that loving yourself, recognizing that you're valuable just by being here. And that's, and that's amazing. And again, it's all, a lot of these things, things sound like cliches, but if you really appreciate it, you, you can start to see the beauty in it. I mean, like, that's why sometimes it's like, you have to take that lens and go really far out. Right. I mean, the fact that, you know, we're all, um, came from the same source is pretty remarkable. I mean, we see billions of people and we're like, ah, people, but it's like, everybody's, it's kind of amazing. We're the most advanced thing we've ever experienced. It's pretty remarkable. If you really take a step and, and look at it, I mean, I don't want to get all metaphysical on you, but you know, I, I do think that it really starts with that internal, that internal space. And it's just, it, again, this is not Pollyannish, right? I mean, there are things about my behavior and the way I show up. I just, I, I've got into one of the more challenging arguments with my wife that we've had in the last year, two days ago, right? Like she and I just, our triggers, our emotional wounds just rammed right into each other. And it took us, you know, 24 hours to really repair. So it's not like there's any sort of perfection here. It's just like, we could kind of see that like, oh, those are our hurts coming, coming at each other. And it's like, oh, this is great. It's just unearthed something that's unresolved for me. So that gives me an opportunity to like, oh, wow, this is a pointer to my work. So instead of like, oh, gosh, I'm bad. I really hurt her and I did all these horrible things. I'm like, oh, wow, gosh, I didn't realize that that's how I'm showing up. Boy, that's a gift. Like, I, that's something I get to go look at and, and work through, which is, a, which is a very different way of doing it. I mean, we, we've talked about the second arrow before, haven't we? Did we talk about the second arrow? Uh, I think so. But remind me. The second arrow is, so the first arrow is the thing that happens, right? The, the pain that happens that you can't avoid, like something happens. Like I, you know, in my case, I got into this argument with my wife, but the second arrow is the one that you hold in your own hand. You stab yourself with, right? Oh gosh, uh, I'm horrible. This is, means I suck. I just, you know, this, I'm never going to be, no one's going to love me again. Da, 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 da. The second arrow is optional. Like you can't avoid the first ones. Life's going to, you're going to run into pain. Right? It's just going to happen. But how much of that suffering that you face is a result of your own second arrowing? And so just really remembering to like, that's the one you hold in your own hand so you can let it go is really powerful. And again, that doesn't mean like copying out of it. I mean, I took full responsibility for my actions and I learned some things really powerful about that are unresolved for me about, you know, our parenting styles and how we come together um, without taking it, you know, an arrow to my own heart about it. Very different. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it, man. And, and, and this goes back to this, like the practice of meditation slows you down enough so you can see it. Right. Yeah. Because, and that's at least been the biggest win I've gotten from, from being again, a self-proclaimed hater of meditation until I realized, Oh no shit, this is a skill set that I get to develop purely to slow myself down. Right. Where yeah. I started doing some crazy shit, you know, because dude, I mean, I'm, solid c minus student at, at some of this stuff um where i will go on the attack and start like i was gonna say third arrow because i shoot two before i shoot one back at myself <laughs> i'm like my wife and kids all have arrows in their heads and i'm like oh where's mine yeah, <laughs> you know and, and, but but having you know when we've been talking previously around having meditative practice uh, and, and it's funny man you start looking when you know i know a lot of people who are maybe just getting turned on to this stuff. Like one of the things that turned on for me was when I did it and it, it had a positive effect. And I just started doing research about, and because I'm a, such a, such a hardcore, like wanting to win type of person. And I was like, 
practices of billionaires. I, did, I, I literally Googled, go Google like top things billionaires do every day. And, you'll, and every time you'll see meditation is yeah. one of them, right? It's like exercise, meditation, and these are all around which the, some of the stuff we talked around, taking care of themselves, putting their mind first. Dude, your mind is your most powerful tool. Yeah. Your existence is how you show up in the world. There is nothing more powerful than that. So to neglect the ability to have some semblance of maybe not control, but an awareness around how you show up with that, it is, it is I think, almost naive to think that that is not the most important thing for you to like spend some time on. I agree with you. I mean, you have to break out of the illusion, right? And you know, like we all have egos and egos are, you know, are valuable structures. I'm glad I have one, but I also, you know, want to be in a different, a different relationship with it and breaking out of that constant identification with it is, is really powerful. I think, you know, one of the things just as we're, you know, riffing on kind of loving yourself, I think one of the things that people find difficult sometimes is, well, I have this neurotic behavior, or I have this behavior that I don't like, or I have this thing that I don't like about myself. And so one of the big, one of the most powerful reframes that I've, you know, that I experienced around this is like these types of behaviors that we have that sometimes we don't like really came from a loving source. Right. Like, so, right. you know, if you're a, if you're a young kid and say you're having it, you know, there's a chaotic experience in your life and you did something, I mean, even cutting is an example. I mean, I'll, I don't, I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know, but, but, but like, you know, if, think about you did something to, to be safe or to be in the, in your field of love. So you create these weird behaviors, you're a young kid, all you're trying to do is be safe and in the field of love of your parents. And so you do this thing and now you know, now you're an adult and this thing still exists, but you've forgotten why it was created. But its origin was positive. It just no longer serves you. And right. Robert says this best. It's like, we're a solutions to problems we no that no longer exist. We're a solution to a problem that no longer exists. But it was so powerful for me to realize like, wait a second, this thing that I do that I don't like about myself started from a place of me trying to feel safe and loved. Like its origin is positive. And so instead of like resisting it, like, oh, I got to move away from this. What if I turned to it and acknowledged it? What if I said, gosh, thank you, old behavior for keeping me safe. You're no longer needed. Right? right. Like it's, it's really, it's a, it's a strange thing. It's like turning towards the thing and saying you really love, you know, you love that. It, it kept you safe. It did something for you. And, you know, if you talk to a lot of the cognitive behavioral therapists, one of the biggest challenges they face is people with resistance because you know ultimately this thing that they're wanting to change also says something positive about themselves so like at some level like we all we have to turn towards these things acknowledge them and really love them even if they're the things that you don't think are lovable about yourself that was a huge shift for me because then it became easier to love myself even for the things that weren't great you know that i that i that i didn't think were great you're just like oh this came from a you know an origin positive place like makes it easier for me to, to do that and again it doesn't mean that you don't work through those things or create boundaries or or go through the changes but just you're no longer in like conflict with yourself around it yeah it's interesting like like um you know a, a good friend of ours christina harbridge um she posted something online yesterday today it was like Basically, it was kind of to the extent of what you're talking about, which is like, hey, look, like this thing that I used to say was part of my personality was really just trauma manifesting itself in some protectionary mode. And so 
I've kind of been on the opposite end of this where I've been like, man, I really hate this thing about myself. And I've just now started to turn the corner just, just now. Like this is like last couple of weeks, <laughs> you know, I'm doing some really interesting like hypnotherapy, like internal family systems therapy, um, which is freaking dude. Amazing. Powerful. Super powerful. powerful. I mean, it's weird. You know, it's weird. To, I, I, I had a, a session on, when was it? Saturday. I had a session where I hung out with like uh, 12 year old Darius, 17 year old Darius and three year old Darius all sitting around the same conference room. And it's like, and so, yeah, yeah. The story for another time, but, um, but it, but it's amazing to like, to like kind of dive in deep and face those like parts of yourself. Um, and, um, and so, you know, those things to your point served us, but you have, and, and I was talking to, to this therapist I'm working with and he said, look, man, you've, you've spent a lot of time doing work already so we can go there here quick. And I, and I credit a hundred percent of this with having a mindfulness practice, because what you're talking about is the ability to stop, look at something and not judge it. Yeah. Try not to judge it. And just like, be curious as to like, why is that there? Right. As opposed to like, I hate that that's there. or Oh, that's something about me. That's bad. It's like, no, it's all you. Like if you're going to love on yourself, you got to love on yourself for the good and the things that maybe are not good anymore. Right. Cause to your point, like maybe, you know, maybe they were there, they were there to protect you. Like we didn't totally these neurotic behaviors because we're like, Hey, I'm a perfectly, you know, sound minded level balanced person that would be a really good thing to go be to go fuck me up i'm gonna go do a bunch of that stuff something that was that got created for a reason to help you yeah right but yeah. You, but but now it's not serving you to your point totally i mean you're not you know you didn't create these with your 46 year old wise self no your your six-year-old self that has you know is unconscious doesn't know what to do is just trying to feel love and feel safe, right? Like those, you know, those things have deep origins and to really recognize that. I think you're, you know, that shift of going from judgment to curiosity is powerful. Like instead of judging it, why not be curious? Why not ask, what is this here to teach me? What could I learn from this? What does this say? Like, what is this thing that I need to learn? Because I think, you know, when we run into our triggers, that's just unresolved things for us. I mean, I, right. you know, I, in our culture, it just frustrates me, you know, oh, you triggered me. Well, okay. I actually am like, great. Like, that's a pointer to unresolved things for me. Thank you. Now, if it's reliable, then that means I can, you know, figure out where it is to go. I mean, again, I know people use this in different contexts, but generally I'm like, oh, wow, that's great. This is something that's unresolved for me. Thank you for helping me recognize this thing that I need to go look at. But I can't trigger you. Only you can trigger you. Well, that's, that is true ultimately, right? I mean, you know, like the, you know, I'm just responding to that. Like it doesn't meet my expectation. Again, this is all, it's all, it's all you. That's the right, thing. Right. Like that's ultimately the thing. It's all you. And they're all just stories. We're just making up stories to make sense of the world. So why don't, you know, I, that was the other really powerful thing. It's all stories. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The stories, the stories we tell ourselves are insane too. Like we're such good storytellers. And then, and again, having that ability to like slow down and, and have some equanimity and be like, Hmm, that's a really bizarre story that I believe. Yeah, totally. <laughs> wow, I can't, I can't believe I actually, you know, I had this a situation with my son where, um, you know, one of my, uh, former colleagues, I was, I was at their house and their daughter was like, didn't come out, say hi to me. Was she a teenage girl in her room? Comes down to dinner after I was there for a couple hours. Was on the phone. You know, I'd ask her a question. I get like a one word answer. 
And I was like, WTF? Like, and like the parents weren't like stepping in to do anything about it. They were just like, whatevs. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and so I, I came home and I was a complete fucking asshole to my 12 year old, like about his phone. Yeah. And, and, and I was mean to him, right? Like, like a jerk, mean. I was, be, I was fucking bullying him. And then I realized, I, and I, I slowed down for a second. I was like, dude, I'm just mad at, I don't want, this i don't i i see i'm being triggered by what happened up at this other house yeah and i and i have high expectations for my children and i don't want him to behave that way yeah and and even though he hasn't behaved that way or he was doing little stuff that might you know he was on his phone or something i was like bashing on him right totally and and, and then i slowed down and i just sat him down and i said hey man i'm sorry like this and i told him what happened i said look i was at so-and-so's house and this happened and like i just want you to be respectful and when and not i don't want you to be addicted to your phone at evernorth health services we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Yeah. And that's, that's why I'm, I'm and, and he was, and he, my son's so fucking awesome. He's just like, oh, it's good. You're, you're okay, dad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great noticing, Terrace. I mean, to see how like that, you know, that triggered you, it brings up your own fears. It brings up your own. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but like I get to, I feel like my kids at their ages are bringing up the things that were somewhat unresolved for me at those ages. So, you know, my 12-year-old's triggering my 12-year-old traumas and my 9-year-old is triggering a little, you know, or I'm being triggered by those th- things in myself, of course. But, you know, just to be able to have that space. And I, I think also, you know, you're reading that book, 4,000 Weeks, which I think yeah. is a great book. Just having some perspective on these things. Again, I, you know, I love what Sam Harris said about this. Like, you never know when the last time you're going to do something is. I know it's a little bit of a non sequitur, but like such a powerful recognition, right? Because it helps you really appreciate this moment that we're in right now. I mean, I, I remember, I, I actually don't remember the last day that I picked up my son from the top bunk. Like, I'd pick him up every morning, give him a hug and put him down on the ground. One day that stopped. Right. And just such an appreciation. And I think one of the things that you look, you know, 4,000 weeks helps give a lot of that perspective, which is really helpful. in you know, as you're going through life to really take a, I think a broader perspective really helps. I mean, I, you know, we've talked a lot about the tool of meditation, but you can't, I think it's important to have some of the underlying concepts too, like impermanence perspective. I mean, there's a lot, there's been a lot of value in exploring death which sounds morbid but i think it's really a powerful topic and um there's just a lot of other elements that have gone along in that journey because we're multifaceted you know like there's just all these little places that um needed some love and attention and and then ultimately i think the thing is and i'm not is to like put down the whole project to be honest with you like to like i'm not necessarily this thing that needs to be improved it's like i can just accept and love where I'm at. Not totally there yet. I'm still, I'm still a little bit in project based, but you know, yeah, well, you're doing some great work and you know, it's funny, like, you know, you're doing, you're doing great work. It's really cool to, to watch it and it's motivational for me and it helps. It's, it's a guide for me. So keep getting better because it helps me. 
you know, keep keep doing your thing, man. Like, like, hey, keep working on that project. Trust me, you have people watching. Um, you know, it's funny though. We were talking about the book Four Thousand Weeks, and 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 um, I don't want to get too stuck on this because I do want I actually want to talk about Growth Pioneers, your podcast, and yeah. your coaching a little bit. Um, but he has this concept of what finitude, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like finality, right? And and we have and, the, and for anyone that hasn't you know read that book, um, it's a new book that just came out. And um, it's this idea that you got 4,000 weeks on this earth, you know, like make them count, you know, um, is that what it is? 4,000? 4,000 weeks is like 76 years. So, you know, plus or minus, you know, some hundreds of weeks, that's pretty much the average lifespan. And, you know, the finitude thing was interesting for me because it's like, like, you can't do it all, right? And so constantly you're making choices and every choice, everything you say yes to are things you're saying no to. And like, what are the things that are really important? And what are the things that really matter to you? And, you know, like it, I, that book was really helpful. I was, I was reading on a road trip down to Vegas and I was in there. And my kids were being super annoying for whatever reason. And then he goes to this chapter and it was like, well, you know, if, if you had lost your son, you would, give, you would give anything to have that most uncomfortable moment right now. Like, like I'm in this moment. I'm like, ah, oh, the kids are driving me crazy. But if, but if I lost him, I would give anything to have that moment back and so again some perspective right just having that perspective like life is feels long but it's actually pretty short and you know do you want to go through your life constantly being critical and giving yourself a hard time or do you want to like put down the put down the battle and really start to understand who you are i mean i guess that would be the other thing i would say is really recognizing who you are intrinsically like the idea of uh, like a tropism, right? Is a, is a plant's natural inclination to move towards light. Like we all have these way, natural ways of being that add value into the world. But at least in my case, I had a bunch of stories and ideas about how I was supposed to be that wasn't in line with who I really was. And so what I was able to drop those stories and trust in who I was just got easier. Maybe that's the beauty of being older, but. Like, I just love who I am now. I feel much more comfortable in who I am. And it's not for everybody, but it's, but it's good for me. And it's materialized yeah. in coaching and all these other things that have been super rewarding. Yeah, man, I love, I love hearing that. And, and I think that there's a, there's a, a stable of famous thinkers that agree with everything you just said. You know, whether you're listening to the Stoics or whether you're, you know, listening to the Bible or, you know, you start list going down the list of these like universal like lessons and they all align around what you're talking about, you know, and it crosses all cultures, you know? So it's like, who the fuck am I to argue with? Like, you know, the greatest thinkers of our time of, of history, you know, in the last 5,000 years or 3000 years or whatever. And it's like, you know, it'd be one thing if it was just Seneca saying it, but it's not (laughs) a lot of these guys saying it. Totally. And this is why like, I kind of feel like I'm a you know, freelance mystic, right? Like mystic is really around direct experience, right? And that's you know, the direct experience with divine spirit, God, mystery source, whatever you want to call it. You know, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. But to me, that's, you know, that's, where, it's, that's where it's at. And you know, it, meditation is one way of falling, you know, of kind of clearing the clearing some of the noise and kind of resting from that perspective. But I got to tell you, it even changed my relationship with alcohol. I mean, we went out and had some drinks in, in, uh, in Austin, which was super fun. I haven't done that in a while, but like one day it just didn't matter to me anymore. 
Like I used to look forward to drinking on the weekends and it just changed for me. Like all of a sudden I was like, nah, I'm just good. I like this me. Like I'm good. I don't need to change anything. Like I don't need yeah. to move away from that. You know, people talk about higher vibration, lower vibration. I don't really know. Ultimately, what I realized was I'm just happy with where I'm at and I like being conscious and I like feeling the way I feel. And so I just don't need it. And now every now and then I'll go back and have beers. That yeah. was one of the more interesting experiences for me because I like to party. I mean, you, dude, you and I have known each other for a long time. I went to state school, Arizona. I mean, I know how to party. And then just one day, I was like, don't need that anymore. And it just stopped. It was weird. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. I was pitching myself. I'm like, doesn't do anything for me. And I retested it a few times, but it just doesn't do anything for me. It's wild. I haven't hit that that road yet. <laughs> to each their own. Like maybe it does. I don't, you know. I, I'm kind of getting there though, because it's like uh, the, the is the ticket worth the ride? You know. Um. And yeah, I don't know. Um. I I, I do still like the party, but at the same time, like you know, <laughs> I don't like feeling terrible the next day. Yeah. Um. I want I want to um kind of you know we're kind of getting near sure. the end of the show here, but I wanted to kind of like segue into you know. The, the the two projects that you're working on right now that that our listeners might, might be interested in checking out. First of all, you're doing coaching, which I mean, you know, look, I, I get to milk Duggar for free coaching all the time just because it's kind of a mutual coaching. <laughs> you know, we coach each other. Um, but um, yeah, you're doing some coaching right now outside of you know you're doing you're working at Edon doing the stuff with the entrepreneur um, you know economic development there. But I know you're working with some really interesting people and entrepreneurs and. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the work I get to do at Edon is really system level. And I really like that, being able to affect the community and see its impact, you know, throughout the community. But I was really longing for the opportunity to do deeper work with people. And so that's, you know, that's why I started doing coaching. And, you know, I, work, I have a boutique practice. I only work with a handful of, of clients. And most of my clients are entrepreneurs that are just trying to, you know, create a life they love. And a lot of the work, as you know, in coaching is helping people overcome self-limiting beliefs and, and just, you know, helping them see their potential. But ultimately, you know, our, the coaching framework that I work with is really around how do you create the life you love, which is just a beautiful question because it's an emphasis on you. You know, like what you love is a little bit different than what I love and just helping people do that. And whether that's building a billion dollar business or having a better relationship with their spouse or their kids or whatever they're trying to create. It, and it's a real, it, it, this is one of those things that I had a lot of imposter syndrome going into this, honestly. And I've just, I've now leaned into it and it's, it's beautiful. I, I had a coaching session this morning and it's just, it's a real honor to stand alongside people as they, you know, create the lives that they love and co- accomplish amazing things. So one of my clients, like he's got a f- small fund and now they're going to go raise, you know, a couple hundred million dollar fund and just wow. seeing that whole process play out. is just beautiful. It's just a real, yeah. it's just a real honor. I, I, I really, it's, it fills my heart in a way that I didn't, didn't recognize, you know, for the longest time I was like, well, I'm only going to be successful if I'm a tech billionaire myself. And now I realize, no, I've, I like being of service to people. It really fills me up and uh, coaching is a really that. beautiful form for that. Um, so what, what do you think is like when you look at like, is, is everyone different than you're working with as far as like how you kind of get them moving in the right direction or like, what's the, what's, what is your, if you were to like say the one thing that you, you see that's common that you're, you'd like start to work on, what does that look like? Well, I mean, you know, I, I sometimes I'm afraid, like, I feel like I'm a one trick pony. I mean, I think 
compassion and self-love are, are at the root of all of that. I mean, I think the, the deepest human fear is that somehow if we show who we are fully authentically, that we're, we'll be unlovable or that we're unworthy. I mean, that's at the root of it all. But I mean, you don't start there. I mean, not everybody's ready to, you know, like, hey, I'm coming in for presentation skills coaching or like, hey, I want to go raise a round of financing. We don't necessarily have to go to worthiness. Yeah, you know what self-worth? You're like, great, great, great. Let's talk about your childhood. They're like, what the fuck? No, you know, but I mean, underneath all of it, right, ultimately, as you're growing as a leader, as you're growing as an entrepreneur, I mean, you're going to have to build the mountain underneath you. And so you as a person will have to grow along with it. So it's, you know, so a lot, everybody is different. And it's depending on where they're at and what they what they're looking for. I mean, to me, I just, you know, my only criteria is that they are working on something that is net positive to the world. They're all in. I like them. And, you know, it's, it's something that we, I think we can, that I can actually make an impact on. And, you know, so it's, it's kind of all over the place, but, but I, it's super rewarding. And this sort of dovetails that we started doing a bunch of men's work, although I have, you know, I have both um, female clients and male clients. Um, But, you know, I, I think one of the other things that's been fascinating is just all this men's work we've been doing as kind of a build out from, from forum. I didn't realize like one day I realized like, Oh, shit we've been part of a men's group for like 16 years <laughs> maybe we yeah. have something to learn here and so just been doing some other um you know any mankind project and things like that because i do think that there's a big shift going on in the world and you know healthy masculine energy is needed more than ever now uh, and especially raising two boys you know that's that's an important thing for me but the, the, yep. it may intertwine with with coaching and and my, and yeah, my work so i love it so let's uh let's uh i know you have the podcast uh you know we we launched our podcast like not too far between each other but tell us a little bit about the podcast uh growth pioneers i'd yeah. love for the audience to maybe like check out more of you and this is would be a way for them to connect yeah thanks Darius. yeah uh, growth pioneers really built out of this idea that you know i was having these amazing conversations with you know entrepreneurs and leaders in our community and like i was feeling a little bit like i was you know that I got all this wisdom and I wanted to share it with people. And so for me, it's a, it's really sharing the entrepreneurial journey, the the entrepreneurial experiences and and the community leaders that are part of the fabric of our community. And, you know, even though it's largely focused on entrepreneurs in the Reno area, I think a lot of their, the stories and takeaways are universally resonant. And so I've just, it's been really fun to help tell those stories and showcase, um, the different people that are that are making this community valuable. I mean, we were just, you know, hanging out with your friends in Austin, and it just reminded me how powerful community is and how much it's needed. I think if there was one common thread that I've seen, at least through the men's work, is people feel really isolated. And so finding that sense yeah. of community is powerful. And so mm-hmm. for me, just being able to tell those stories uh, or, you know, have them tell their own story um, about how they're impacting the community. It's just been really rewarding. And, and, you know, hopefully there'll be some things to learn from it. Otherwise it's just fun. It's great to help those stories. I love it, man. Well, look, um, how can people connect with you if they want to learn more, maybe about your coaching or the podcast or anything like that? Yeah, it's easy to find me, uh, you know, on LinkedIn, uh, just Douglas Irwin at LinkedIn is easy, or you can, you know, reach out to me at Doug at Doug Irwin.me. That's Doug at Doug Irwin.me or just, uh, you know, my work at Edon, edon.org. So a lot of different ways to find me. I'm pretty easy to find. 
Cool. Well, we'll make sure to put that stuff in the show notes as well as um, your podcast. And brother, so good to connect with you and to like just spread all the amazing things you're doing in the world with everybody. Thanks, Darius. I mean, honestly, it's just so good to see you. I love this conversation. I'm just filled with warmth and joy from 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 this, and I'm just so happy to see you know you on your own journey. I, you know, I, I've known you for a long time, and it, it feels like you are. Um, just being more yourself and really finding um, that that's a great person to be with. And it makes me happy to see that. Thanks, man. I'll end it by saying, fuck yes. (laughs) 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 Oh man. Well guys, what a great show. Duggar, the Duggar, so much gratitude to you. Um, Listeners till next time. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on, and we're we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, Print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's going to push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the Podcast Princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.